0: leaders are learners. Are we continuing to learn all the time? I feel like it's made my study time better. It's made my sermons better. And it's given me just this inherent understanding of scripture and how to apply it and how to think about it so that I can communicate the truth of the gospel so much clearer and easier and more impactfully. Today, we're talking about five Bible study tips that changed my life as the youth pastor.
1: Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we give you actionable and practical tips that you can implement into your youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola, and this is...
0: Kristen Lascola. Howdy.
1: Howdy there, (laughs) partners. (laughs) How
0: are you? Hi.
1: (laughs) What's the topic for today? So
0: today we're going to talk about Bible study tips that changed my life as a youth pastor. And I have five of them for you today. So number one, not only read the Bible, that's obvious, Mm. but read books about the Bible. Mm. And that really took my study game through the roof because reading your Bible is great. Reading books about the Bible, I feel like bring new understanding and new ways of looking at things that you may not be able to achieve on your own just reading the text. I feel like it's made my study time better. It's made my sermons better. Um, and it's given me just this inherent understanding of scripture and how to apply it and how to think about it. And not just understanding for a particular sermon. I think that's where we we kind of get into trouble is when we're just studying for the sermon. I want to know everything there is to know about Jonah. And then I'm moving on. But when you read books about the Bible, you start to develop this inherent depth of knowledge. I think that helps you navigate Scripture so much more fluidly mm-hmm. to where you just begin to s- the ideas are more effortless to communicate because you just understand the way scripture works so much more. When you read really impactful authors right now, my favorite one is the reason for God by Tim Keller. Unfortunately he just passed away, but his books and his sermons, I think um, have been the most impactful hmm. of any of anyone that I've ever listened to read or you know, just the way his style is, the Mm. way he just connects dots. It has changed the way in the lens through which I've seen scripture. And it's really helping just to get into my DNA so that I can communicate the truth of the gospel so much clearer Mm. and easier and more impactfully. So don't just read the Bible, read books about the Bible by people who have gone before you and just have that knowledge to kind of comes, you know, full circle to help you communicate the truth of the gospel really, really well. And so I think like that saying leaders are readers. Um, I know you hate reading, whatever, but
1: I think that's a phrase that readers made up to make them feel less nerdy.
0: No, you're just jealous (laughs) of us. But I think if it didn't
1: rhyme, they wouldn't say it. I've
0: heard people redo that of leaders are learners. So whatever your learning style is, but it's just you never stop learning. Books are a classic way of learning. So I think that's why people say leaders are readers. But leaders are learners. Are we continuing to learn all the time? And if we're going to teach the Bible, we got to be learning about the Bible all the time, not just study for a particular topic, for a particular sermon, but study the Bible in its totality over and over and over again. And there's so many good books out there. It's like, depending on what aspect of scripture you're really trying to excavate, I would recommend a different book, Mm -hmm. you know, for each Particular thing. But right now, The Reason for God by Tim Keller is I'm like constantly on my Kindle highlighting, highlighting, highlighting because the way he communicates the gospel so clearly and kind of the doubts that come against Christians of, well, why this or why that or the problem of this or the problem of that. And he just like draws on his own experience, like being a pastor of, hey, I had a conversation with this person. They brought up this, but here's the truth. And it's just, feel, I feel like it's equipped me so much, not only to have these conversations, but to create more depth to my Bible study and my sermon. So read books about the Bible. Number two, um, when you're studying scripture, one thing for me that has really, really, really helped is to read a particular passage that I'm trying to understand or apply or absorb or whatever it might be, but to read it over and over and over and over and over again like um, i do abide christian meditation every night before i go to bed and what they'll do is they'll read a scripture and then they'll say i'm going to read it again what stands out to you this time Mm. and then they'll say i'm going to read it again but i'm going to read it in a different version this time and based on the number of times you read it or hear it or study it or the different versions that Mm -hmm. you read, something might pop out differently to you that you might be able to grasp onto. But I've just noticed for me, when it comes to studying the Bible effectively, I can't just read something. I have to read it and then read it and then read it and then read it. Because every Mm -hmm. single time it's like, you know, when you turn a diamond, you know, you like see, okay, a different facet each time or this word or Oh, he said this before that, or this was past tense. And so you just start to become like you're putting yourself into the text to Mm -hmm. just sort of like, okay, let me look at it from a different way. Now let me read it this way. And I like to read it really slowly, really prayerfully, very meditatively. And then write down any thoughts I'm having about it. So just get all the thoughts out of your head and onto paper, whether it's a question, whether it's a thought, whether it's an insight, whether it's a connection with something else, whether it's a real life example that you're now marrying with like, oh yeah, that reminds me of when Hmm. people do this or this story I heard here. And all of a sudden all the thoughts and connections just start surfacing and you get them out. And then what I like to do is leave it and then come back to it because sometimes, you know, how your brain is always kind of working in the background. Yeah. Like there could be when you're not just sitting directly in front of it, there could be something that kind of comes up randomly as you meditate on God's script on God's word, some new kind of insight. So I think, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why the Bible tells us to meditate on it, because it's not just meant to be read and then moved on. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to be sort of chewed on and thought about and come back to and thought about some more and read again, like just spending almost time building like a relationship with this scripture, not just words on a page, but Immersing ourselves. And it takes time. It does. It takes time. So that's number two, read it over and over and over and over again. And then number three, a few years ago, um, this commentary was brought to my attention by one of our senior pastors. And I use this in my own personal Bible study, but also when I'm sermon prepping, and that's the Enduring Word website, Mm. EnduringWord.com. And it's put on by David Gusick. And he has commentary for every single book of the bible every verse whatever but the way that he writes the commentary he pulls in so many different voices it might be spurgeon or whoever but it's written you get the sense it's written for someone who's going to teach it Hmm. like it the commentary just like he has so many applicable points that are not i've read some commentaries and it's just more of like and these are valuable in in context, but like the Greek and Hebrew translations, and so it gives more meaning to the word. Yeah. So you kind of understand the idea. But I feel like then he kind of takes that next level and says, like, here's what this looks like in real life. So it's a really life application type of study. So it's a great personal tool, but it's also a great sermon-building tool, is David Guzik's enduring word. And then Man, oh man, number four, if the Bible Project had existed when I was in junior high or high school, I would have eaten it up because I am such a visual learner Mm. that the genius to me of them is how they take these biblical concepts with these incredibly... Spot on illustrations that bring scripture to life in this story form that light bulb after light bulb hmm. go off when I read it. And they're so informationally dense. So, like a Bible Project eight minute video. I will have to go back and watch it four or five times (laughs) because the illustrations with the content and what they're trying to communicate, I am like, it's like drinking out of a fire hose, but it finally makes sense because I can see it and it's an outline form and it's pictures and it's words and it's movement. Hmm. And that's when it sticks for me. So if you're a visual learner like me and you need to see something man, Bible Project is where it's at. So I love how they take, like you could just look at a book of the Bible, like Bible Project, the Gospel of John, and they'd outline the whole book for you and tell you about the different parts, who wrote it and why and all this stuff. But I love when they do biblical concepts too. So they'll do like the biblical concept of grace, love, mercy, or they'll start to talk about like spiritual beings or heaven or the unseen realms, the spiritual realm. They'll just talk about interesting things within that. What is prayer? And I just feel like that is, to me, has become such a great study tool. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I'm like furiously writing notes as I'm watching it on YouTube or listening I like to listen to Tim Mackey's podcast too. I feel like I learn a lot from that and I write notes, but for some reason seeing it, I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. this is what I've wanted this whole time. (laughs) Okay. So lastly, and number five, studying scripture. And for me, this is a great because I'm an extrovert and I process everything out loud. So get out of your head and get it out loud. So, mm. whatever you're learning or studying or thinking or formulating, get it out of your head. And that's why I said write those notes down as you're prayerfully and meditatively writing. Are reading scripture, but then start to talk about it Mm -hmm. with somebody. Start to talk about what you're thinking and the dots you're connecting. Or hey, you know what I read the other day, and here's what I'm thinking. What do you think God meant by this? And sometimes having a now a conversation. I mean, that's what Bible study is like. Life group, growth group, small group, whatever you call them. That's what it is. It's like now we're interacting with the word in a different way. It's out of my head and like into my mouth, then you're hearing it. And then you're (laughs) responding and I'm responding. And we're like dissecting this thing together and taking it apart and trying to figure it out. And I learned so much just by talking about scripture with other people and then hearing what they have to say. And we've talked about this before, but you know, when you're preparing a sermon, do it with a group of people, do it with a few others. And this is this, I think the five that we talked about today, that could either be for personal Bible study or it could be sermon prep Mm -hmm. tactics. But when you start to talk out scripture and your thoughts and what you're, you think you're learning with other people, man, like I love to hear as many voices on a scripture as possible. Like, especially if I'm going to teach it, Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to know what every person in the world has (laughs) said about, Debra. Like, yeah. what did they say about her? What did they write about her? What'd you
1: say about her? what
0: do you say about, about Debra? Don't talk smack on <laughs> Debra. I would like to know every sermon I'd go on YouTube. Like, what did people say? What yeah. insights did they pull? Because I feel like that's sort of my sermon prep, like hearing all the voices and not that you're like ever copying. Okay. Writing down a script.
1: Just but- getting a, a vibe, a breadth of knowledge about one book or passage. Yeah.
0: And hearing it through someone else's perspective and voice and what they've picked up from the story. Sometimes it's like, ah, I didn't see that before. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Or sometimes I kind of fast forward of like, yeah, this, you know, not, (laughs) but it's like, okay, like there's some stuff in here that other people have picked up that I would have never come to the conclusion on my own. You could think about it as like, if you were in a classroom with people and you were all discussing this particular thing, you'd be writing notes. And so that's kind of become my, my tactics for um, Bible study. And I think really wrapping it all up in prayer. Like before I sit down, I always say like, whatever you want me to see, Lord, let me see it or speak to me through this or give me insight that I couldn't otherwise have. Or, you know, lead and guide my thoughts about this in the right direction so that I can see what you want to show me. And I love how the Bible, you know, says like that God's word is living and active, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you read and study the Bible, it's an interaction, you know, which is kind of like goosebumps a little (laughs) bit. You know what I mean? Like you're having an interaction with the text. It's not a static, stagnant, ancient book. It is living and active and ready to convict and pierce and gut punch and reveal (laughs) and be like, it's very, it's an experience. And that's why I think we can't rush through it. That's why we have to prayerfully and meditatively chew on this and explore it and interact with it and be with it leave it come back to it immerse in it talk about it write about it think about it pray about it like it's a very immersive experience and I think when we start to look at Bible study that way it becomes so much richer than I'm reading this and I'm going to regurgitate some things and I love
1: or I'm reading this and I don't understand what I'm reading that's what most of the time I feel like
0: yeah well with that like just having a basic study Bible too like sometimes I'll be like everyone. I had the coolest conversation with a student this weekend. He's a freshman, Nathan, and he came in and he was talking to me about, you know, how he's reading the old Testament. He's like, Leviticus is so boring. So I had to like skip through that. And numbers was boring, but then I came to this and it was really interesting. And I said, yeah, I said, I know what you mean. Leviticus is hard to get through. Numbers is hard to get through. I said, but doesn't it make the gospels so much more impactful to know, like this was how we used to have to interact with God. Yeah, Like it was complicated and it wasn't impossible to have a relationship with God, but it was very complex Mm. of, you know, there's a particular offering for this and a particular sacrifice for this and the wave offering and the grain offering and this and that. And, you know, like when Jesus came and he fulfilled the law, it wasn't like he got rid of it. It was like, ah, the law doesn't matter. He's like, well, you can't do it. I will do it. I will fulfill the law. It doesn't make you a appreciate matthew mark luke and john so much more that story of how jesus then fulfilled all that and i said you know you couldn't ever appreciate the gospel as much as you could after you read leviticus Mm. and saw like i mean that all points
1: to a need for a savior
0: absolutely and so having that conversation with him of like Yeah. Like scripture can sometimes be like, I have no idea what I'm reading. Like you were saying, it's like, I don't know what I'm reading. But when you start to talk to people and then like reading the footnotes and reading the cross references and all of a sudden like things get illuminated and it's right. not just words and anymore. then sometimes when you
1: go back and reread it, it's like oh okay, now I now I see yeah I'm I love the phrase I can see for miles when I stand on the shoulders of giants and I feel like you need to be humble and say, look, there's a lot of people out there smarter than me. I mean I I'm never the smartest person in any room even if I'm the only person in that room. I'm not the smartest person <laughs> and I feel ah. like always seek out wisdom and people that have gone and, you know, that road before you and what do they have to say about it? Because then you can learn from them and why struggle? Why, you know, trudge through the the muck and mire when, you know, someone else has, has paved a path for you?
0: Yeah. A good study Bible, good commentary. I mean, especially with the internet now, there's so much to explore, but yeah, I think always having like a notebook or your phone or a tablet, something as soon as you, because Like God will be speaking while you're reading Mm. simultaneously. And so it's like that interactive process of a read. Oh, this is a thought. So don't miss that stuff. Write it down. Make a note in your Bible, make a note on your tablet, whatever you're using, but write this stuff down until you know, you feel like you've exhausted it as much as you can.
1: Yeah. So for those of you who are looking to improve your sermon prep, we have an episode that we can guide you to. It's just how to improve, five tips of how to improve your sermon. So make sure you guys check that out. Right now we're going to go into the question of the day, which is, do you have any weird or strange party trick that you can do?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess I can burp really loud <laughs> and I can take requests. So like I can burp. You can sing
1: a song and belch.
0: Um, I could burp your name. I could burp, uh, you know, <laughs> a particular word. Like so, on
1: command or when you have a good one, you can.
0: Well, I can it. burp on command though. They're, they're kind of weak, but when I have like a LaCroix or an <laughs> emergency or something like that and I get a really big one, I can burp names. I can just, yeah, I'm a very loud burper. This Um, is true. So I guess that's my party. So if
1: you want her to belt your name, make sure you put it (laughs) in the comment section below. Only on
0: your birthday. That's it. Never. Well, yeah. And depending on the crowd, some people really think it's fun and funny. And some people think it's like
1: funerals, they're terrible. just frowning upon that.
0: I did it one time and your dad said He's one to talk. He said, um, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, he was joking, I think. I don't know.
1: He, he looked serious I, There was never a meal growing up that he didn't belt your fart ass so I, I don't know what he's talking like about
0: girls burping is a little more shocking <laughs> especially when they're as huge as mine like i <laughs> mine are very intense although can capsize
1: I some boats
0: tell you those. really quick i got the sweetest letter from a seventh grade girl two weeks ago her and i had this really deep conversation she was having some really big friend issues and her and I talked for about 45 minutes after youth group one night and it meant a lot to her. So she wrote me this card. It was very sweet. But the end of it, she said, P.S. Never stop burping. I love it. <laughs> and I thought that maybe was the nicest thing any mm. junior hires ever said. <laughs>
1: well that's gross no what mine is is i can fart on command no i'm just kidding there was a kid at camp who could do that which
0: you were i was thoroughly fascinated yeah like.
1: i was jealous i can actually it's called manualism maybe i've talked to talked on this podcast what? about it but where you can make gas sounds with your hands there was one there's a belch <laughs> i can do that with my hands Wow! So, and depending on how sweaty my hands are, the more juicy the tune.
0: (laughs) Ew! How sweaty my (laughs) hands are,
1: or wet? Can we
0: have a party trick that's not disgusting? Uh, We can't
1: apparently. (laughs) What party trick do you guys have that's your go-to to to embarrass yourself? I can give a dog a
0: massage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think anybody can. It's called petting them. No. Let's read a community comment of the day. This. podcast has taken a, a dive downhill real quick all right this comes from attila v who says incredible resource jeff and Kristen's show was instrumental in helping me plan last year's middle school ministry calendar their game suggestions were awesome sometimes epic Mus- muscles guts and brains was a night I'm for the ages
0: tomorrow they
1: have a fun engaging enjoyable show they seem to be a couple that would be enviable to sit down and have dinner with because of their nah. humor and easygoing personalities. Well, now you know that we would just be belching and farting the whole time. So. You want to
0: hear something Come crazy? <laughs> i can fart from my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. I can belch your name. What's your name? How many syllables is it? Hold on. Waiter. Can I get a LaCroix, please?
1: Attila, thank you for your <sighs> comments. We that was definitely really sweet. appreciate it. And thank you guys for watching and listening. Make and sure you put your <laughs> special talent, your party trick in the comment section below. And we'll and see, we'll you, see next you next time. time. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we give you actionable and practical <laughs> <tips>. <laughs> Email us at...
0: Pinnistry... <laughs> coach. How we used to have to... Okay. (laughs) I got like a (laughs) hairball.